0: about three things
1: we were absolutely positive. First, this was a podcast about young adult fiction. Second, a part of us, and we didn't know how dominant that part was, loved these books. And third, we unconditionally and irrevocably hated them.
0: Hey everyone, this is post-edit Fran. I just quickly wanted to apologise for the not so great audio for our first episode. Um, We recorded this before we got our better quality microphones, which is why your introduction sounds a lot better than this one. But from next episode onwards, we will
1: uh, be back with way better audio. Hi everyone, I'm Chloe and
0: I'm Fran, and this is breaking down the YA saga a podcast where two grown-as women revisit their favourite young adult books with some new opinions and added sarcasm.
1: In this episode, we'll be revisiting Twilight Chapter One. There's an obvious spoiler warning, and if you haven't read the series, then why are you here? I would also like to say a huge thank you to Fop Doodles for our amazing artwork. Hello Fran, so how is this lockdown going for you? Um, amazing, having
0: the time of my life. <laughs> been sleeping a lot and eating a lot, um, but I'm really glad that we're starting this now because it gives me a bit of purpose during the day so I actually have a reason to get up in the
1: morning (laughs) I love that Twilight has become our new reason to get up in the morning
0: (laughs) I don't know if that's sad or (laughs) it's
1: something (laughs) we uh we planned this podcast at a pretty good time because we were planning this before lockdown happened yeah it's like we knew we'd have to give ourselves something to do every week (laughs) yeah we did (laughs) It was a strange journey getting to uh, to this place of deciding to start a podcast. Yeah, we it joked st-
0: about yeah we, we joked about it for a while,
1: um, and then we were like, no fuck it, let's do it. it. It all started as we were talking about doing a cosplay, and it had to be from a book, and it had to be from something really cheesy, and that's how we ended up on Twilight. Yeah. And it had to be the baseball scene because what other scene could you possibly do from Twilight? All of them, but like that genuinely is still the best scene from the entire five movie. <laughs> yeah, no, there's just something about that scene i don't know what i think it's like it's got the perfect um soundtrack moment yeah. like the song goes so well like it's just really great the only bit i would take out of it is when she's like my monkey man oh yeah that's, cringe that's <laughs> the only like
0: super cringe bit my um, favorite thing forever will be alice's um leg kick <laughs> My brother plays baseball and I've watched many baseball games and no one's ever done
1: that. Well, Alice breaking the norm. So yeah, so it all just started with, Yeah, let's do this this cosplay and then you found a group of cosplayers that were still like continually posting, like they definitely have new posts at least every day.
0: Yeah, they do. I think.
1: And it was like, oh, so Twilight is pretty much still alive and kicking. Yeah. Um, and they have so many followers. Um Just shout out to Olympic Coven because it seems a bit rude not to mention them considering they're the reason we got like really diving.
0: They're they're really, they're great cosplayers. Yeah. And they're really nice as Um, well. And
1: they've been doing quite a lot of live streams through this time as well, which is nice. Like it keeps people like having something like to smile about for a little bit. And then, so (laughs) it was still like a bit of a ha ha we should like do a podcast about twilight cuz everyone clearly still likes twilight and it was just a joke every day until we decided to play the Sims for about 14 hours oh yeah and make bella Edward, um and jacob will live in a house together with baby
0: baby uh, renesmee yeah the
1: baby renesmee <laughs> and make Make Jacob raise her and then become her boyfriend. It's the creepiest thing I've ever done.
0: My favorite thing was um Chloe's fiancé, who I don't think really has a clue about Twilight, to sit next to it and <laughs> looked at his I was like, what are you doing?
1: Why are you making? And every that, time
0: why are you making that grown-ass man a <laughs> <know>, baby? <laughs> every Chloe now time I'm like, we- no, don't understand, you don't understand. <laughs>
1: like, every single time we'd be like, Oh, that's so disgusting. He'd be like, you've done this, you made him like that, and you are like, no, the books did. <laughs> <laughs> we did learn a lot about
0: ourselves that day. Yeah,
1: we did, and by the end of that day, we were like, no, really, we should record a podcast, and uh, you said you were going back home to Germany, and you'd look for your books, and I was like, okay, I'll have a look at my books once you've gone, and uh,
0: here we are.
1: Here we are now. Just, I love the fact that we talked about it being a Twilight podcast, and then we sat down, like, I think it was whilst The Sims was off for like 10 minutes. <laughs> 10 minutes. Talking yeah. about, yeah, talking about how young adult fiction has a massive impact on your life reading it because yeah. you get yourself really involved and all these characters are about your age and you put yourself into situations. And there is some good lessons to be learned from YA fiction, but there's also some really bad lessons that you learn from them. You learn some really rubbish things about relationships and what ro- romance is and a bunch of other stuff, but there are. There are lessons somewhere, so I'm 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 intrigued for every time we pick up a book that's like from our like teenage years to see what it, it it taught us, yeah, what we learned from it. So before we get started with this whole podcast recording, we'll just go in to the details of how we're planning on recording each episode and how we're going to break down the books. Each episode, we're looking at one chapter, and we're going to be going over plot, character development, relationships, plot holes if we find them, editorials, and critiques which most of them are pretty evident, editorials is just anything that we would want to change if we were writing Twilight again, and obviously yeah. critiques are our criticisms of the book.
0: Which there were probably going to be a few.
1: <laughs> probably.
0: <laughs> uh, so before we're going to kick it off with the review of chapter one, we wanted to let you know a bit about how we got into Twilight and what our journey was, and why we selected Twilight as our first book to read.
1: I feel like it's a really good starting point, because this hit me in my late, teens and i was like oh my god i can so relate to all of this is <laughs> 17 i'm also 17 like <laughs>
0: it's gonna be really interesting because it hit me at my early teens so i think when i started reading the book i uh, was around like 12 or 13 so how did you
1: first hear about twilight Clarice? oh it's a story <laughs> i was uh late to the twilight game um everyone else had started reading it and it was uh being released as a film when i found out about twilight and everyone was like, oh, it's based on a book, by the way. And I was like, okay, I didn't know. Even though I think the trailer probably said based on the best-selling novel. But, like, I didn't know. It. I was probably too busy. Like, wow, look at this guy. He's really hot. He was the I host- know. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I said my whole time. guys. It's so ridiculous. Um So, yeah. So, I was like, well, I better read these books before the film comes out. Um, and I got really obsessed really quickly. And I thought I was Bella. Um, because I was also a clumsy teenager. Best part of my entire Twilight experience was falling down the stairs at college and then saying, Oh my god, why am I such a Bella? and then that becoming I read Twilight whilst walking down the stairs, so I fell, still mad about it. Um, and then, which is uh, such a Bella thing to do though, <laughs> reading a book and falling down the stairs
0: <laughs> must have been the
1: ultimate goal for you. <laughs> I got really annoyed because I was like, I think by the time because I'd had some time off for it, and I think by the time I'd come back from it, I was really annoyed. Because I think I'd already started to notice a few things. I didn't want. I didn't want to be Belle. I think that, uh, I wanted to be Alice at that point. Yeah. And I was like, I am Alice. So people were like, Oh, you're reading Twilight. I got so irritated, and I was like, Oh my God, why are you doing this to me? And I was trying to be like really cool. Um, I'm like also trying to pretend I didn't like Twilight as much as I did because I felt like. They were showing a lot of younger people liking Twilight, mm. and I was like, maybe I'm too old to like Twilight, but all the characters are my age. Um, and then uh, I thought it was so romantic, and yeah. that abusive relationships are romantic. So um, I got in one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I was obsessed with Twilight. I cut my hair when the film came out. I loved Alice so much. I went to a bad hairdresser's and got my hair cut like Alice's, but it was nothing like Alice's because it was a bad hairdresser. Um, and I bought Alice's necklace, and um, I tried to find her clothes and I tried to talk like Alice. Sometimes I would just be like staring off into space and pretending I was having a vision. Bearing <laughs> <laughs> in mind, that. I'm like 17, 18 years old. I was just going through some stuff. <laughs> and, uh... Once I'd finished with Breaking Dawn, I was so mad at the books. I never read them again. And I thought I'd finish watching the films because I'd started them. So why not finish? And when I finished watching the films, I was still so mad at the final book. that I just never went back to it for like five years. And then I watched the films again. Well, we're going to get back to it now. (laughs) This is genuinely the first time I've reread the books. I never reread them because I was so mad. I put the books down and went, no. Never again. Here I am. <laughs> so,
0: how I first heard about Twilight was my friend read the books and she loved them and she she taught me like you've got to read them. They're so good. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And then um, because I do read a lot, and I was like running out of stuff to read, and was the book still with my mum? Like, oh, that's that book she's been raving about for ages. And then I read it in like two days, and I was obsessed. Like. In a non healthy way. (laughs) I I remember the first archer that I saw from the film in one of our like cinema newspapers was the one where um, James has Edward's face like smashed against the mirror. That was the first like picture that they released here. Um, And like I started raving towards everyone about the books and started lending mine out and like slowly (laughs) all the school got so obsessed. (laughs) I, I also remember like we were oh my god it was we just we had like conversations about it all the time all of us got like the jewelry I had um I always wanted Rosalie's necklace but my mum never bought it for me because um what is it called like nickel that you can be really allergic to that mm-hmm. material so she was worried it wasn't there so she didn't didn't want to give me that one so I had um I had Esma's bracelet, and I went to school every day, and I felt so cool, and all, you know, my little, like, um, school calendar was just full of Twilight pictures, and then when Twilight came out, and I went to the cinema, and said, like, 20 times, it was a (laughs) face.
1: I I saw it so many times.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh my god. It was also, fun fact, because I'm not English, Twilight was the first film I ever watched in English, and it was the first book I ever read in English. Because it took them like a year to bring out Breaking Dawn in Germany because i 'm from Germany, and I was so impatient I wanted to know how it ends. so I started you know reading excessively in English, even though I understand only like half of it, and that was in those times so we didn 't have our handy like dictionaries on the phone they had to <laughs> carry around a massive dictionary with me because I still like only understood like half of what's going on I was like I still want to know how it ends and then <laughs> yeah I, I wasn't happy with breaking down I was like nah shit but but I love the first one I think I've read it during my teen years I've read it like five times I don't know but I've not read it in ages so it's it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of feelings come up
1: now? See, what I just, it? I mostly remember the film. I, I, saw, I saw it in cinema so many times, and then I watched it so many times when I had the DVD.
0: It is a great film, you guys. I love that.
1: Film. I really appreciate the like art style and like the cinematography of the yeah. first film, and I'm really sad that they and changed The music,
0: it all. the teen angst music is the teen dang, angst music, era. Oh, God, a journey so over the last few days chloe and i reread chapter one which we want to discuss today because we have a lot of thoughts and a lot of opinions um just to quickly catch you up on where we are or like what's happened in the first chapter if you've not read it in ages either um we start with a little like prologgy thing um where she's about to meet james um and then we go into the first chapter where she starts out being in phoenix saying goodbye to her uh, mum, heading to the airport she lands in forks where she meets up with her dad charlie um who has a little present for her waiting um, at home it's her truck that we all love and probably everyone also wanted when they were a teenager (laughs) i certainly did <laughs> um then i didn't then, even know how
1: to drive and i wanted one <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: um, and then she also has her first day in school where she meets a lot of new people a lot of her friends and also the Collins. and then we have our amazing famous scene where edward acts really weirdly in biology um and she then
1: drives home and cries there is a lot of stuff i've d- i've marked as character development because it's bella being whingy or bella yeah. moaning because yeah. i feel like it's start showing her how she is when she gets her and she's going to progress there's a predicted character development mm-hmm. rather than it being actual character development but my plot points are um my main question was why did bella i don't know if this is an american thing but i know when i started at new schools i never had to take a sheet round to get signed by all the teachers Oh yeah, neither. So I didn't know if that was a plot device to get her to be back in that little reception area at the end of the day to see Edward, or is it genuinely an American thing? That's the only trouble I don't have because I don't know if it's an American new person thing. Hmm. I don't know. Because she had to get all the teachers to sign it. Yeah. What was it? Why was it to say she was attending classes? Don't they have registers? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
0: could be so a I, device but yeah if we ever have some american listeners do let us know i mean we could also use google for effort
1: i i just see yeah, i can't be bother to google why do i have to take a sheet of paper and if i'm a new student in america cuz <laughs> <laughs> i feel like it's going to come up with a weird porn <laughs> <laughs> probably every every google search ends up with a weird porn somewhere doesn't yeah. it yeah um, so i just thought maybe it was just a plot device yeah um I, love the fact that she was like no one was gonna bite me like <laughs> we say that again of course she says like when she's really nervous about all the new people she says no one was going to bite me when she's oh. kind of gonna to go in and I love that I love it it's just like a little thing because people do say like oh I don't, I don't bite I love it at some point I have a load of comments with stars next to them because they're just they're just things I really loved and they don't fit anywhere so okay. I'll end with it why was alice moving around so fast because yeah she says about um alice gets up alice is the first one to get up and she just dumps her tray of food in the bin yeah but she says like faster than she managed to get out faster than possible or faster than i thought was possible like alice is just like sprightly moving around quite quickly edward does it later on as well he moves faster across the room than everyone else i just think as they've been doing it for a while, like pretending to be human, they would know not to rush around so much. Yeah. I feel like I maybe that's a really small thing, but
0: I think maybe that's something we'll find out if we eventually get to um Edward's point of view book, like the six release chapters or what it is. Um maybe yeah. something in there. But I do agree, like um I don't know, maybe they're hoping that people don't
1: notice. I don't know if it's just for the sake of the fact that we notice there's something different about them. Yeah, but then
0: also they're so, so they're... beautiful and so charming and everything.
1: So Yeah, um, and also, the end of the chapter ends with, well, not right at the end, obviously, just come up to the end. Edward is asking to move classes because he couldn't possibly be around Bella. Bearing in mind, like, right now, he is thirsty. They've all been described as having like, he's got black eyes, he's got like, dark purple bruising under his eyes and she's like, wow, these guys all look like they've had nose jobs because she notes how they don't do that in the films they don't have really dark circles yeah, under no, their eyes, but in the book she says about how dark the circles are under their eyes and they look really bruised he's really hungry right now so i get that he's like i can't sit next to this girl because i want to eat her but he's not going to always be hungry so why i just feel like his reason to move was again just to have that bit of plot so bella's like why does he hate me I think also what what they've always pointed out is
0: that she smells so good to him because she's she's explained the whole time is like she's literally I think he says it later one of the chapters like his personal brand of heroin so like yeah, she's but- literally that thing where he's like
1: probably oh, I can't
0: it's probably like me with chocolate if chocolate's there I'm like oh, I'm gonna eat it now.
1: Yeah, Yeah, but he he goes and he has like a hunting session. He comes back and he's sitting next to her and he's really polite to her and he doesn't have to like, he's not covering his face. He's not like, like he can breathe or like not breathe, but like he can smell her without being like, I need to eat her right now. And it's just because he's hungry. So, like, I don't know. I just feel like it's such an extreme. I just, not even extreme, I just feel like that was in there so that they meet up again and he makes it very clear he doesn't want to be around her. So she can get really upset about it and think he hates her. I just, I, I just, I don't feel like it needs a place in it. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> stupid. Um, oh, I wow. think that's all I have on plot. Because there wasn't a lot of, uh, there wasn't a lot of plot stuff. No.
0: I'd I'll say my, my, my biggest feelings about this chapter is just about Bella's character. No, I have a lot of feelings about Bella as a character now. About, like,
1: even from the prolog i've got notes from the prolog about
0: her <laughs> my biggest thing about her is she's so like first of all pessimistic about everything yeah. she's always everything's like oh it's going to be so bad oh worst case scenario in my head already um and she's so like ah uh, how would you say she's so about like oh self sacrifice like that i feel like that's a big thing like oh i'm giving up living with my mum here for apparently no reason more or less at the beginning i am
1: that here there is because no reason her mom's like you can come visit time. yeah but she doesn't have to go her mom is literally like if you don't want to go you don't have to go and yeah. she's like no it's fine i'm going i i really want to i lied why are you lying just don't go then yeah that's one
0: of the big things i'm like i don't understand i wrote that down too i don't understand why she's moving in the first place apart from Sewing the plot, but I feel like in the film they made it maybe a bit more obvious. But we're talking about the book right now, and there is nothing in the book. There is nothing in the book in the first chapter, at least. We'll see if there is anything later. That really makes you think. Yeah, she definitely has to move. Like this is the better choice for her right now.
1: And like she really hates forks. Like she really. really She goes. She goes on for pay for like pages. it's one of my main points was how much she hates it there and like going back to just before like in the prologue also talking about bella just being a nightmare she is so like by the time the prologue is set it's not she hasn't known edward that long she is like prepared to die for this man that she doesn't know she thinks it's super noble she's like i'm gonna sacrifice myself for someone else it's amazing oh my god what is no I don't like how that whole thing starts there is a question I have about
0: that I thought that came up it's like does she really mean Edward I mean probably she does or does she mean her mum because she thinks that James has her mum and he's gonna let her mum go um, if she you know sacrifices herself
1: so does she mean Edward or does she mean her mum or does she mean both I can't. Well, we'll get back to that because that comes back up again, and we'll remember where it. Because yep. I don't remember where that particular bit takes place. If she's yeah. already, when we get to that chapter, we'll know. But I'm like, it was just the way She's like, oh, it's so noble, and I'm like, oh, <sighs> you've can't... known him for two months or so. <laughs> yeah.
0: But yeah. then, because yeah, that was a thought that came up to me. It's like I'm not, I'm not sure who she, who she means, or if she means all of them. You know, um, because for towards her mum, I'd be like. Yeah, you know, fair enough, but for a guy you've met, you've known for like two months and he, you know, hated you from the beginning, maybe not so much.
1: (laughs) I have a note here that just says, oh my God, she's such a massive downer from the start. (laughs) (laughs) It is true, but I feel the odd thing about Bella that really like stood out to me
0: in the first chapter is she's such a weird mixture of, oh, I'm so clumsy, I'm incapable of doing anything. But then mm-hmm. also she is so like above it all, where she said, like, "Oh, I've read these books already. I learned this already. Like I know this already. Oh, don't talk to oh. me. Like I'm above you." Where I'm like, it's such an odd mixture of, and like being outsider in terms of you know your how you look and or like how she sees herself. But then also she she thinks she's so above everyone. I'm like, I find it such mm-hmm. an odd
1: mixture for a character. <laughs> Sorry, that's. There's just a bit here that just says, her room sounds so ugly. (laughs) (laughs) And it doesn't have any note as to where, like, like, because we can't relate that to anything in any of our points that we're looking for. It sounds like a really ugly room. (laughs) Yeah, here it is. Like, she tries, like, she basically says she's a freak, and, um, and she's like, I don't look like the average teenager. I'm such a freak. Why? Like, she's a freak because she's got pale skin so many people have pale skin though it's not that freakish like i think it's meant to be like i remember reading it going oh my god i'm like that too because i don't really Mm. tan and i'm really pale yeah and i was like oh my god yeah i can relate to that but why are we pretending that that's a really odd way to look like it's making her sound like she's just she's just like oh if you if you're not tanned and blonde then you're ugly
0: Mm, I do think what what I felt a lot is, um, she's in a way described to be really unattractive and bland, like a person mm-hmm. that no one should find interesting. I'm wondering. I'm actually really intrigued to eventually read the uh, gender swapped version because yeah. I'm sometimes wondering does does Stephanie my only write it or is she, is Bella only described like this to make it a bit more of a bigger difference between him being a vampire. And having, being so beautiful and having all these skills and her being like so bland and like not even normal, but even less than normal because she's so like, she can't even walk straight. Like she's so, mm-hmm. she's such a class. Um, so I'm kind of wondering, because it, it's not just, hmm, how do I say that? So it's already a big difference between being human and being a vampire, but then yeah. you, you have to like step it up even with Bella all we'll step it down more or less in that sense when like not even for a human she is really incapable of doing certain things or like at least at the beginning she is described that way
1: yeah also why is she so ungrateful about getting a free car I know eventually she's like okay thank you she's like okay fine but like she's so ungrateful about it she's like, oh I don't even how to fix a car like well if you wouldn't have to fix a new car either why are you complaining you wouldn't know how to fix that one if you've already said you wouldn't know how to fix any cars oh, but then also she then likes it in the end
0: <laughs> where i i wrote down a thing where i'm like she expects the worst of uh people all the time and she has a problem with absolutely everything she describes oh she doesn't like how the sky looks she doesn't enjoy how she can walk on the floor because it feels different than back in phoenix yeah The house she doesn't she doesn't love the house like her she's not not a big fan of the room um the weather any like she hates the weather obviously but then she's kind of okay with that truck when like yeah you would think for a girl that finds fault in
1: absolutely everything that truck would also be a nightmare
0: (laughs) i don't know that was really odd
1: also she's surprised she says like she's surprised by how much she loves the truck so she learned that like very quickly, appearances can be deceiving, she loved the car, like, she got in it and was like, oh my god, this is a sanctuary. Why can't she then apply that same thing and be like, do you know what, if I loved this car, there's every chance that I might like something about Fox." Yeah. She just has to stay completely negative. It is, like, li- literally, it's like, all the, the first
0: chapter completely is just, uh, these people, I don't want to talk to them, my dad, I don't want to talk to him, I don't want to be here. Yeah, the, she's just so negative and pessimistic for the for the whole first chapter
1: through. And she says about how she doesn't like the school. Like, she turns up and she's like, oh, it doesn't look like a school. Because she's actually, like, oh, why doesn't it look like a school? Where are all the, say, like, metal detectors? And like, it actually sounds really nice. Those of little buildings and all this greenery. I'd love to go to a school like that. It sounds genuinely really nice. Yeah. I don't understand why she hates it so much. Um,
0: One of the biggest things that also really pissed me off was, oh, I have so many feelings about this, is, how she wasn't interested and even like annoyed by all the people who approached her and tried to be really nice to her. So in this chapter, we meet like all her—I just call them human friends: um, Mike, yeah. Eric, Jessica, and Angela—and um, she has absolutely no interest in having conversation with them. And she's like, "Oh, you know, they said <laughs> their name, but I already forgot. But I also don't really care." But then, she does want to make conversations with to them. If it's about the Cullens, that was the first time she generally tried to make a conversation.
1: Yeah. And I thought that was a bit dickish. Like, I have, I have two notes on that. My, my main note of it being is why does she have such a lack of interest in the entire school and all of the people? If she's going to be living there for a while, you think that she'd be like, okay, I should probably learn where things are in the school. I should probably yeah. learn people's names and try and make some friends. Because if you're going to be there for a while, you want friends. Yeah. You do not. Like there is no way she wants to turn up to a place she hates and not make any friends. So why is she ignoring everyone? Yeah. Like at least, even if she just went with, I'll talk to one person. Um, and my second point—it's not really under character development. It's more of a, cri- a criticism of the book. But it says that Mike was the only person who was nice to her yes. throughout the whole day, and that's it true. wasn't. No, everyone was nice to her. It's just Mike was attractive. So it seems that the only reason why he got described as nice was because he was more attractive than everybody else. Because it literally describes him as being attractive. And she's like, he was the only nice person to me that day, even though Eric had literally started the day being nice to her. But he was spotty and greasy-haired, so she did not care. It's a really bad, like, way to look at things. Also, I also,
0: I have another point about that as well, because I can't find it right now, but there is also mentioned that he, like, admired her in a way, so I feel like maybe the other ones were just, like, asking her questions, but not like, oh my god, you're so pretty, like, if I would sit next to you, like, I'd talk to you, it wasn't, like, sucking her dick.
1: Yeah. And Mike did that, and she was like, yeah, oh, he's so nice. (laughs) it it really it just it really got to me but yeah yeah so i have yeah so my things i think that i would personally if i was rewriting twilight that i would edit was to start with when she they talk about um jacob and his dad and he's like oh you we used to go fishing with him and she's like oh that's why i don't remember i'd like try to block out painful memories is it because fishing was boring or did something happen? Yes. I would definitely write more about that. Yeah. Because painful memories is either her like being a teenager and difficult, or something genuinely happened whilst they were fishing. And I just, was she just traumatized by fishing? That's fair enough. If she was like, yeah, they took this fish out of the, he- the water and then just bashed it on the head. And I was like, what? Like, I, I never that? ate fish again. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can completely understand if she was like, block that from my memory because that was traumatic. Yeah. Or if it was just like, oh, that was so boring that I just never thought about it again. I just, it's just like, what? what? <laughs> yeah. No, I
0: thought there was, a, was an art sentence. It was, I wrote it down. Um, it said, I did a good job of blocking painful, unnecessary things from my memory.
1: Yeah. Cool. Oh. Um, why do all the Cullens have food on their trays? It's really obvious. If a bunch of people every day sit with a tray of food and don't eat it. Bella has been there for all of 10 minutes and she's like, they're not eating my food. They're picking at it though no no they're not described picking yeah edward was described as picking at his food when when like a second only later later on when they kept talking about him yeah did and and she was thinking about i know he can't hear her thoughts but she was thinking it was a bit weird that they weren't eating yeah i get the feeling maybe someone else was maybe like thinking it so he was like oh they're talking about me they're looking at me i need to make it more obvious i'm doing something but whilst they were specifically talking about him and they've been talking about him for a few minutes then he started to yeah. pick at the bagel. But he didn't eat it, he just picked at it. But they sit every day without eating their food, and I just think they could at least pretend to eat. Like, she could have noted that from the beginning he could have just been playing with the bagel, and she'd be like, hang on, he's not eating. I yeah. just think it's really weird that they sit with trays of food and then they take the trays of food and throw it in the bin. It'd better if they just sat with a can of soda. Also, what not a waste for food, things. Right. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like, just, just say they sat there and don't have trays of food in front of them. They were just sitting around the table. Like, it wouldn't be weird for them to all hang out together. Maybe they don't like the food at their school. Maybe there is a lot of
0: GMOs in it and they are all on a special diet, which I mean, they are.
1: Yeah. Which is, it's even weirder for them to sit with trays of food. No, I do agree I I just think, I think that is an unnecessary point. I think it's stupid and more people have definitely questioned, like, why they weren't eating. Another point. Also, I don't, I don't know if we, if we ever find out if food is actually,
0: like, poison to them. I think, I think it was mentioned, I mean, we'll get to it eventually, that Edward said it, it's just like dirt. But then I'm like, if you're so concerned about blending in,
1: then I just eat it. Like, even if yeah. it's like dirt, then I, like, yeah. Um, yeah I, and my other point, I just, is um, they describe Carlisle as someone who is in their 20s, possibly yes. early 30s. And he has 17 and 18-year-old children. Now, I know they're all meant to be adopted, but why is no one, like, I feel like in a small town, that would be quite a bit of gossip, and people would definitely be like, why someone so young got such old kids? Even if they were adopted, I feel people would still have something to say about it in such a small town. Also, it's insane. I always, I mean, obviously, probably because
0: of the films, I always pictured Carlisle a bit older, but he could literally (laughs) be like your age, or my brother's age, where I'm like, that's insane to deal with like 18 year old
1: 17 year old kids um and then they try and play off because they say that yeah jasper and rosalie are twins and that as may as they're on to try yeah. and obviously like get some like reason why they're so old and they're all there but like i don't know i just feel like there'd be a lot more it'd be way more of a hot topic than than it's played out to be <laughs> um my other uh editorial point would be um why has she already studied the entire curriculum is she in the wrong year or something like wrong grade because if you're at school and you move schools which i did i've moved school mid-year yeah you're still following the curriculum so like you're carrying on with stuff you wouldn't have learned the entire curriculum already yeah she's like oh yeah i'll just get all my old essays and stuff but so were you in a grade above before and then you've just gone to your normal grade like how do you know everything or how have you studied everything already yeah
0: and yeah i know that there are some sort of like advanced classes but then like why would she be in it in phoenix but on forks if there was you know some sort of
1: stuff yeah okay so they don't have ap classes and they but they wouldn't put her through the same things again yeah why is she i just don't understand why she's learned an entire curriculum already yeah. i understand why edward knows everything because he's done school a thousand times yeah that was my points on like, yeah, things I would edit if I was rewriting the book.
0: I think the whole thing of her already knowing, like already having learned the entire curriculum is another, you know, what way to serve a whole I don't know. I always thought, the whole time I read it, I imagined Bella kind of like as this emo kid, kind of like JD from Heathers to sitting in the back of the classroom already knowing <laughs> everything. From salutations in, in like her emo black coat. I mean like I know this already. I'm really dark. I'm really deep. But I've also read Bronte already like a thousand <laughs> times.
1: is my favorite I'm, book. It's like, I'm so
0: mysterious. I'm so mysterious. I already know this. I'm way really too smart for every one of you. Uh-huh. I do. Like, that was literally is I think, yeah, like I said, again, it's 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 the same thing of, again, be, her being like, so, you know, oh, I, I, I'm capable of doing anything. But then also, I'm so above everyone else here. Like, mm-hmm. I'm too smart for all of you.
1: My next points are about relationships. Relationships. My first point is Charlie deserves better. Yes, that needs to be printed on (laughs) t-shirts. From the very beginning, he is treated like garbage. Yes. Um, I have... Most of my points about relationships are in regards to Charlie. Charlie, yeah. Because I don't know what he's done wrong. She's, like, talking about how bad their relationship and she treats him like a dad that's left like a dad that's abandoned her yeah and her mom walked out like her yeah. mom left with her and just left and she didn't want to be part of forks anymore she didn't want to live there she didn't want to be part of that relationship i'm not saying there's a problem with a woman leaving a man you're allowed to do that yeah but you can't have it that written that way and then treat the dad like he was the person who left. Or also like, she never calls having... her mum mum. She calls yeah. him Charlie.
0: Yeah, yes. but you know. I, I don't know if we ever did find out what really happened between Renee uh, Bella's mum, and Charlie. Anything that justifies that behaviour or, like, why she walked out? I mean, I'd obviously understand if it would be, you know, like, a domestic violence situation, which clearly doesn't sound like it. It just sounds like they were just, you know, really young and it just didn't fit anymore. And, like, fair yeah. enough he wanted a bigger life yeah but then he generally seems so caring about her and then even you know she didn't like going to Forks anymore uh, from a certain age on so he came to spend time with her uh, in phoenix so he he does seem like a really caring dad and from her there is just nothing like she just doesn't care about anything he does she's like no. right from the
1: beginning she criticized everything it's like oh no i don't want to be with charlie i don't understand that relationship but maybe as the books go on maybe we'll understand that relationship but i just feel like she just treats him just treats him badly he's a really yeah. good guy and okay so maybe his biggest crime is that he is really into his work but then maybe he threw himself into his work after renee left because he yeah. had nothing else but i mean that's something i'm going to try and like keep an eye out for things yeah no it chapters. develops but from the first chapter
0: you just get the impression that charlie is really caring and really tries to make the most out of the situation and tries to you know help her as best as he can and she just doesn't appreciate it at all
1: um i also have a note that says why does charlie's feelings for renee make her so uncomfortable because she talks about how He's got all the pictures up still, and she's yeah. like, "Oh god, it just—I can't be around this." And it's not just—I get that she doesn't want to look at her school pictures because I would be the same. I'd be like, <laughs> "Oh, not my u- ugly old school pictures." But she also yeah. talks about the pictures of their wedding picture and the picture of them at the hospital after he got Bella, and she's like, "Oh, why are they still here? Why does he still love her so much?" And I don't see how it's a problem. Or why it makes her feel like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, um, you know, it, it could be like potentially, you know, be a bit awkward because Renee obviously has a new boyfriend husband. I don't really I forgot. Um, but not I yeah, I find it odd that she has
1: this big of a problem with it,
0: you know. Like I'd rather have that than, you know, him bashing her mum mm. during every conversation. Like,
1: he asks like, oh, how she is. It's not like he pesters her throughout the first chapter being like what's your mom like what's your mom doing he literally just says how's your mom and she's like she's fine and i was also like coming off of that is it that he still is in love with her because she sees it as he's in love with renee or is it just he misses his family yeah that's why he's got pictures of them up because he misses family or that he still
0: cares in a
1: way yeah yeah like he's he would he wants them all to like like, he misses them being together, but maybe he doesn't miss... Like, he doesn't love Renee anymore, but maybe it's just that feeling of having them all together. Yeah. And, like, being part of a family. Maybe he just misses that part of it.
0: Yeah, because from what I remember, I mean, we're going to see as we go along, there, w- there was never anything in it where you really felt like Charlie wants to have Renee back really badly yeah like there was never any of that it, it just seems like a bit of like yeah like you still care about that person because they've been a bit big part in your life
1: my only other relationship stuff is just her friends that she's not really friends with them yet but i just don't understand why she treats everyone so bad because they're yeah. not pretty it very much she is she's fine with mike but like she's not trying to make friends i don't know why you your first thing wouldn't be i'm at a new school where you need to make a friend even if you're shy and quiet You'd still want to at least know one person. You do not want to spend the rest of your school time like school life. Yeah, having no friends um, again with
0: the biggest thing of you know she only kind of like shows interest in them when it's about the Cullens, or she can ask. She can ask them about the Cullens. I actually did write down a little hint about the starting of uh, Edward and Bella's relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that really stood out to me, where I was a bit like, mm-hmm. um, was when Jessica spoke about there apparently no being any, like, girls that Edward fancies, and then Bella's smile was like, huh, I mean, she had, like, an internal monologue around the, around the line, I was like, huh, I wonder, like, if he blew half or, you know, something, mm-hmm. I was like, that's a bit, like, cynical, and then you see also Edward, like, smirking, where you always like, oh, you're both a bit shit people, <laughs> <laughs> you're both just not very nice, <laughs> yeah, so I thought it was, I, I kind of, I found it was interesting, because I think I know later in the book, they're described as so, like, in tune to each other. So I think like that was one of the first times you could already see that, where was she, was she, you know, thought was
1: funny, that situation, and then he also thought was funny. Yeah, because he also can't read her mind, but I'm guessing Jessica thought of something. Yeah. Like, maybe she thought about, yeah, like, the time when she tried to talk to him, and he's laughing about it, because yeah. he's only getting... Because he's not getting that off of Bella. Uh-huh. That was actually a really good point, is when she said it like it was like someone had said his name so he looked up and it's yeah. before it's just before jessica talks about him so she clearly thought about him just before she said something um yeah. and honestly
0: my biggest thing towards the end was again like her just acting like such a hypocrite in the way she more or less despises all the people that try to be nice to her and talk to her and you kind of like make her you know join the midst and not having her standing on the outside and um, and she's just kind of like no to all of them. But when Edward ignores her, I mean, obviously it wasn't just ignoring, it was literally like disgust. But mm-hmm. yeah, so, but in a way, he more or less did what she wanted everyone else to do, just to leave her alone. And yeah. then afterwards she goes home and cries about it. Where well, I'm like, that's, you don't want people to talk to you. And then the person that doesn't talk to you, which is the thing you want, you cry about it because he is attractive, interesting, for whatever reason.
1: I say I don't have anything else on relationships. And the rest of my stuffs is the rest of my stuffs is just critiques, which is mostly about the descriptions of people. Ooh. I yeah. hate that Eric is described the way he is. Yeah. I don't like that um, everyone is yeah everyone's described as so bland looking except yeah. for Mike and and I don't know if it's just like without her meaning to make it sound, like, really horrible towards other people. It was just meant to make the Cullens stand out so much. Yeah. And I was kind of going along with that until Mike was described. I was like, but Mike's described as attractive. Everyone else has such... She's just like, oh, they're short with lots of hair. Like, yeah. there's nothing to say about them. Like, oh, yeah, Eric is spotty. He's 16 years old. Of course he's spotty. Yeah. Like, most teenagers are spotty at 16. Um, even her description of herself is pretty much like oh I'm just pale and boring yeah. looking and like I do feel like it's just meant to make vampires stand out more but there are genuinely beautiful humans in the world yeah. I get that they are going to look like she said they look like they've been airbrushed that could still be a point even if you said Jessica had like a really chiseled like chiseled cheekbones and gorgeous hair and nice, like stunning blue eyes you could still say but the Collins looked airbrushed yeah. like Never seen beauty like it, but you can still have other characters yeah. that have like attractive features. It doesn't just have to be the one guy Mike because he's not from Forks. You can't tell me that every single person who lived in Forks is ugly <laughs> except for anyone that's moved, moved there. there.
0: Yeah, that's We're gonna the go point Fawkes, actually because, we'll be like, oh. because Cullen's moved there, um, Mike moved there. I mean, she moved there more or less because, in a way, she's still kind of thinks of her as more interesting than everyone else because she's already mm-hmm. read all the books and already knows all the curriculum. And yeah, no, I, I do find, I do kind of wonder if it's, again, you know, with the description of Bella as well, does it serve just kind of the plot of, you know, make a bit of a bigger difference between how ordinary and boring and bland humans are towards the vampires? Or is is that kind of the purpose? But then she just, you know... Goes on about it too much where you're like, well, it's not necessary to, yeah. to go into it like that. And I'm like, okay, you can also just say, you know, he's got brown hair, whatever, blue eyes, and then that's mm-hmm. it. And not, you know, oh, and he's spotty, and like, oh, he looks like he plays chess. I'm like, what, what's that about? It's,
1: I don't understand what she means by he looks like the helpful chess club type. But it's just not a nice description. I, it doesn't. It's not like that's coming from a place of kindness. It just feels like it's someone being mean about someone. Yeah. My other problem is that she automatically hates her maths teacher because they're a maths teacher. I hate I mean, <laughs> maths being hated on. Like, I get that some people do not like maths, but it's just like every single young adult thing is always criticism of maths and maths teachers. My mom is a head of maths. Maybe I'm biased, but like, come on. Like, could she not just hate something else? Why is it always the maths teacher? <laughs> I mean, I do agree and disagree. Um,
0: I've, my life, had awful maths teachers. So I am one who's also like, kind of like, oh. But I still give people a chance. Like, I've had an amazing maths tutor to prepare me for like my exams. Who was amazing, mm-hmm. really nice, very helpful. He also knows math. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I I get that. But you don't
1: go in and like, oh, he teaches math, like he must be an awful human being. Like that's not she also yeah, she literally starts by saying, We were never gonna get along because of the subject he teaches. I was like, So you went in with a really bad attitude. He could have been a really good teacher. Like I'm, n- I wasn't very good at maths at school. Yeah. And I had one really good maths teacher, and then I had one maths teacher that I did not get on with. Yeah. It's I a teacher. Not, I didn't it's, find it's not a subject. Teaching style. Yeah, their teaching style did not sit with me. Yeah. Mostly because they only helped the really intelligent kids and left everyone mm. else to fall behind. So my mum then helped me with the rest of my homework and like to get my grades. But yeah, it's. I also had others like my RS teacher. I didn't. I didn't like RS, but I liked my teacher. And there's other yeah. subjects that I didn't like that i didn't like the teacher of it is down to the personal teacher you i just hate that it's just automatically like she's just like oh i've got maths oh maths yeah. teaches gonna be rubbish because i hate maths it's just it's too much of like an easy thing to write into a book plenty yeah. of kids don't like maths and i feel like it's just too easy to take a dig at math um my other point was she says that collins have strange unpopular names one like, of them is called names. alice <laughs> Alice is like I've known so many people called Alice and Edward. It's not an unusual name. I also know plenty of Emmett's. Rosalie, I can understand, is a very like I have not heard the name Rosalie. Yeah. Um. And Jasper is uncommon, but I I, I went to I went to school with a, with a Jasper, but like so it was I would say it's a, a bit more unusual. I get Rosalie and Jasper. I just feel like the others aren't all that unusual. And she was like they're the names that grandparents have but I'm still just like one how do grandparents end up with that name they have to start with it don't they like but also Edward is mostly because people were called like Teddy or like Eddie but Mm -hmm. they're, they're obviously they're Edward it's normally shortened when they're younger but Alice is really not that strange unusual or that much of an old person eh? like so many people are called Alice and I just don't understand <laughs> it was just yeah
0: it's again it's kind of she has to, she has an opinion a negative opinion about everyone and everything it's back to that it's like oh I don't like him. I, I don't like their names thankfully they and, look good
1: <laughs> and then she says that Edward has unusual hair it's not unusual. He's just a bit ginger from what i from like how it's described. He's got like bronzy red hair, so he's just ginger, which is not that unusual. Maybe in the maybe in the books he chose like a really
0: interesting like haircut that we just don't know about. So
1: my main point that wasn't related to anything was how much uh description went into this book. And I find a lot of the time with um uh, YA fiction is it's Relied on the fact that because you're a young person, you will just use your imagination, and they will just write. They went into a room and there was a chair, and yeah. then the reason why you can imagine, like the Gryffindor common room, has hardly any description, but I can picture the entire thing in my head, because I have I have a good imagination, so that like other kids, and that's what she relies on. Whereas, full credit to Stephanie Mayer, she full on described everything, like down, like all the details are there. Like I can. I can smell forks. (laughs) This is a place. She has described it. I've got one more criticism. I forgot. She describes the fact there's only one bathroom in that house and how Bella's like, I've got to go share a bathroom with Charlie. And I'm like, all right, privilege check.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Most, a lot of people have to share a bathroom with their parents. Yes.
1: The reason why I thought Bella's room was ugly was because it was described really well. Yeah. I can see how ugly that room is. Um, The kitchen sounds awful. (laughs) But, like, I love the fact that Renee was like, It's not very sunny around here, let's just paint these cupboards yellow, and it just doesn't sound like it goes with anything. Yeah, I, I, I really appreciate the fact that she has actually gone to effort, like, there are obviously other young adult fiction that does also like describe places but it's just always very disappointing when like you're reading something and the author just is just relying on the reader just being able to use their imagination and don't actually set any scenes properly
0: no i do think Um, she did a good job because i think it's quite like a fine line between helpful and hindering and how much description is too much um, (laughs) and how much description is not enough so I do kind of find she does like a good balance between it. I think it must be really hard for an author to be like, you know, I have this in my head how these things look and I want yeah. other people to see it the same way or, you know, at least along the same lines. But like, then like how much description do I put in? I remember I've read a book ages ago where it was just literally, I think just five pages of description. That was just way too much. I was like, I don't care mm-hmm. anymore. So do you feel she has like a good balance in it between, you know? Yeah. You know, like you said, you you can you feel that place. You can fall and imagine yourself being in
1: that place, um, because she describes it so well. She but set a really amazing like place. She set it up. Yeah. I know I know that place without having to even look at it. Like I can see it. She's written it really well. My other thing, I just love the fact that she was talking about how at her old school, like there was loads of like shiny cars, and she felt a bit nervous, and then she realised her car was going to blend in. And then she yep. talks about the Volvo. <laughs> Well, who owns that car? <laughs> <laughs> just like one, I love that it's a Volvo of all cars. Like it's just like, why a Volvo? <laughs> yeah, it's quite random. Is it just because it starts with V and you can be like a Volvo vampire? <laughs> <laughs> also, Bella said she doesn't know anything about cars, but she's like, oh, check out the Volvo. <laughs> I just wanted like to I think it like, literally says it Volvo on the Volvo sign. <laughs> oh, um Also, my other favourite description was I kept my face pulled back in my hood. And I know what she means, but what I imagine is you know when you pull your head back to get like 20 (laughs) chins. (laughs) I imagine her walking around like that and everyone's like, wow, what a freak. I can't say if she said like she kept her hood pulled over her face. Yeah. It's just the fact that her face is pulled into her hood just sounds like she's of walking around with our 50 chin. <laughs> <laughs> I love that when she was asked why she was so pale, she said, My mother is by alpino. <laughs> Only <Hopefully> she <laughs> is though. <laughs> like, I still don't know. Is that a joke? Is that not a joke? And okay, she says that people, she's going to lose her ability to use sarcasm because no one seems to understand it there. And I just find it really funny that, like, she tried to it's the only time she tries to be like like interacting with people that's not about the cullens she's yeah. genuinely having a conversation with someone and actually tries to reform to something and is a bit witty and eric's like huh huh <laughs> <laughs> and then she's just there with her stupid joke that no one understood i also love the fact that when she's looking at uh Jasper and Emmett, she says they look like they could be in college or even one of the teachers. they're yeah. not even blending in well as teenagers. <laughs> they're all like, Yeah, we just like pretend we're like eighteen and go to high school and no one notices, but like, hi, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> we just we just work back a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that Bella's not even like, oh, they look a little bit older than 18. She's like, no, they definitely could be teachers here. They're definitely old. (laughs) Which then I have to wonder how old um, Carlisle looks in comparison. I don't know. Like, I'm waiting for her. To look at him and describe what she thinks he looks like But I don't know if she does and it'll be really annoying But I want to know if she's like But they look the same age And when she's talking about how pale they are She says paler than me the albino And I feel like if Edward could hear her thoughts he would be like what? I also love when Jessica was talking She says about like when she's obviously being a bit bitter about edwin she's like "Ah, a clear case of sour grapes and i've never heard anyone say a clear case of sour grapes and it doesn't feel like something a teenager would say at all and i love it it's like a little bit of an author just being there rather than a character yeah and my favorite line my genuine favorite line is he suddenly went rigid in his seat when i was younger i definitely read it as like his whole body went stiff and then i read it again it was like penis (laughs) like that's the difference between reading this book when I was younger yeah when I'm reading it now And that whole scene I couldn't stop laughing Because I was just thinking about it being an erection. (laughs) No, we don't do sex in this book. They're not married yet, Chloe. I also can 100% relate to the fact she cries when she's angry and she gets so frustrated by it. Because I do that too. And I hate that when I cry and someone says, oh, what's the matter? And why are you so sad? I'm like, no, I'm angry. Yeah, I'm so angry that I'm crying. (laughs) No, I
0: do that when I'm stressed, but then people don't take you seriously.
1: I, as a whole, I took away from that chapter that Bella is so annoying. I'm feeling like it's just to set up the rest of the, the plot and her becoming less annoying. But I don't know why she had to start so annoying. Yeah, I'm
0: kind of intrigued to see how it how it's going to develop in the book because, they, yeah, a lot of of, of those descriptions that I didn't really remember anymore. And we were talking when we were planning out the podcast that, I said I was really interested in, in, see, in kind of like seeing how I see her as a character, as a female character, as a lead. Um, because a lot of people, when they talk about Twilight, they always say, oh, Bella's so weak. Like she can't do anything and Edward has to do everything for her. But then I saw right about in, an interview of Robert Pattinson where he said he doesn't feel that way. That Bella gives mm-hmm. too much credit to Edward. And she's more, he's been alone for so many years and he's probably thought about, you know, suicide many, many times because he's been described so much about how much she hates his life and that he has to yeah. really live this life. Um, and then she kind of comes along and saves him. So I thought was, oh, maybe it might be interesting to read it again and see how, how we see that now, or how we perceive that now. Um, Um, so far I can't stand her I mean still I still in a way I still love her (laughs) but I also can't stand her so I'm kind of intrigued to see how that plays out like if if we you know fall in love with her a bit more during the chapters
1: yeah I just I didn't remember her being that annoying at the start and I feel like that's got to change because there is no way she can be like that through all the books and still be a character that is enjoyable to read
0: yeah and we clearly <laughs> all like
1: fell in love with her and we
0: all like saw part of us in her so
1: <laughs> we all just that annoying? actually. Why? yeah, I was yeah I was say, <laughs> maybe that's why um bella doesn't have much description actually maybe maybe i'm giving too much credit here but maybe she's described as quite bland so that you can literally put your own self Stopping like it. into bella so that yeah. you can like because it's written in her her perspective maybe it's just she doesn't have much description apart from that that she is pale because a lot of kids are i guess all the white kids reading the book (laughs) (laughs) can just place themselves into bella and to be fair she doesn't i don't think she mentions how she looks too often so i think it might everyone else's vague descriptions are nonsense but maybe bella's is just to allow you to step into the character or maybe i'm just giving the writing too much credit (laughs) because it might not be like that It might just be some bad descriptions. Well, that was a journey. That was chapter one. We had a lot to say. About Bella, I think, as well. Like I'm really hoping there's like more to work with in the second chapter because it's the first chapter it's like setting stuff up yeah. i'm still looking out for i love reading books back and finding a character and being like oh my god they've written them gay by accident and i'm really hoping i just want to find it somewhere in one of these I'm books Sure, <laughs> there is going to be one i'm sure of it. it's my favorite thing. yeah i'm excited to start chapter two i think that is everything i have to say on the first yeah. chapter yeah. it's really interesting reading it back because i yeah i didn't remember starting like this yeah no i didn't either i
0: yeah i feel like with obviously it being easier now to watch the films i feel like most of us fans have watched the films more than they've read the book i mean probably not but like most of us um so that's what's a bit more in your memory than the descriptions from the book or the character behavior from from the book and then obviously a lot of stuff especially if it's from someone's perspective
1: it doesn't replace
0: yeah. your film because you can't see that in a monologue because that would be weird. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I know it's it's definitely been been interesting because it, yeah, it's also my first time reading it in like oh
1: god, ten years or something. It's, so. it's still really interesting to me that the book starts with her saying she has to go to Forks and not explaining why, whereas right. in the film she's saying about the fact that um her mum's fiance has got his baseball and he's going to be moving around quite a lot. Yeah. So I feel maybe. When the films were coming out, either they were like this doesn't work, or Stephanie was like, "Hang on, we need to give her a reason to go." because so It just feels a bit forced because yeah. yeah. it, it does feel like she is moving so that there can be a story. I feel like she she might there might be a
0: bit more explanation later when she starts talking to Edward because from what I remember, like he asks her why she's here if she doesn't like forks, or maybe that's also yeah. just a film thing. But we'll find out.
1: <laughs> yeah, the films really. I watched, I watched them all um when i was between i was in between my old job and my new job because i had some time and i was just laying on the sofa and i wanted to have a nap so i put twilight on because i was like oh it's rubbish i fall asleep to it and then i end up watching the four, five. i watched all five and by the end of it was like i really did still enjoy the style of the first film and i'm really sad that they didn't continue with it i know it's because the director changed yeah i think they should have stayed with how it looked because it was really really great
0: <laughs> no same for me i also I recently rewatched them and then i posted about it on instagram here and there and then oh. i got so much response from people um about how they also still have a lot of feelings about twilight well, <laughs> it was i, I loved have... it it was it's great because to see that you know that fandom still
1: goes on it's like, I put up on my Instagram that we were start. like, I took a picture when I was outside with my notebook and put it on Instagram, and I had a couple of people responding, saying about how they haven't read the, they haven't read the books in a while, but they might have watched the film recently or somehow, else, so they haven't read the books for ages, but they still, like, had that love for Twilight. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things that people don't talk about it, because, I think, one, because it's not a great series. Like, it doesn't end well. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have enough of an ending where it's talked about for ages afterwards. It also, like, the films were, like, people really ripped into them. Yeah. I think it's just because of the sparkling vampire situation. It got a lot of, like, a, it got quite a bad reputation. Like, a lot of, well, not a bad reputation, but a lot of people just, like, sort of made it sound like if you watched it, like, it was, you were, you were dumb. Like, yeah. why were you watching it? Yeah. So a lot of people then didn't want to admit they watched mm. it. I think because of then Fifty Shades of Grey came out, and it was related to Twilight by the fact yeah. that it was a fan fiction of it, I think that added another element of why people didn't want to be, like, talking about it anymore. Yeah. So I think Twilight, it got lost just because of those few simple things. I think, yeah, the the ending of the book, like, the last book, let it down as a series. And I think the the films let it down a bit as well, to be fair. Like, they don't quite capture some of the things that really would have made a difference in, like, the backstories and stuff that they cut out. And I really think making it really Hollywood glamour-looking really affected it because i think people were okay with twilight but new moon everyone looks so photoshopped yeah everything is so bright and so like so hollywood that it just ruined it
0: no i do it's it's nice to now you know have people come up and you know admitting that they've enjoyed the books and the storyline because i do feel it's it's one of those ya books that kind of just really define your teenage years in a weird way Mm Like, they're just, for for most of us, like, they've been, yeah, they've guided us through teenage years. I mean, certainly, they've been such a big part of my teenage years. And I still call my, like, think of myself very much of a fan of even, you know even though we might be ripping this book apart now (laughs) Um, um, because there is so much like 40 stuff in it but I still love it and I'm still I still call myself a huge fan of it and yeah it's it's been it brought gave me a lot of friends I found a lot of friends for it I found a really (laughs) good community for it and it's really nice that people now come forward i'm like yeah actually it's not as bad as everyone said it was because like you said if, if everyone else is bad mouthing it and pretending like oh you're not cool if you enjoyed it and um, then obviously you don't want to p- talk about it because yeah obviously this like being in our crowd um and being accepted is such a huge part during your time in school so i do i do kind of love that it's still a fandom that you know maybe even now more than 10 years ago yeah. if kind of people are like peeking out with their holes and being like yeah actually i actually really enjoy twilight
1: i think what i've noticed is a lot of love for twilight within a cosplay community like yes. um there's a few instagram pages that get a lot of love and i think it's because it's stepping away from the actual films and stuff it's although they're cosplaying though the exact <laughs> costumes from the films I think because it's just a little bit away from it and it's their own sort of, people are doing their own sort of take on things yeah. and it's just, yeah, it's away from it all and it's then you can appreciate it. I think that's why I really like the first, so much work going for the first film that I really enjoy it. Yeah, and I think that's why people have such an appreciation for the cosplayers and stuff they're doing because there's a lot of effort going into it. I think if they remade all the films now, like I'm not normally for remaking films, but honestly, they should remake those films. <laughs> Even if they make it into a series. Like I had the same thing with Harry Potter. I think there is just some things that's based on literature. You can put, You can do it again. Yeah. There's no point like remaking an original film. They were what they were, but I think... A lot of the, yeah, Twilight should definitely be remade. It could have been cast better. It could have been made better. If it just stuck with the original style, it would have been so much better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there is this weird, yeah, like you said, I feel like the, the first film full on felt, you know, like teenage angst, which is just what we all went through during those years where most of us discovered mm-hmm. Twilight. And then the, the rest of the films just got, like you said, too glamorized like the first film felt a bit more like an independent film um, yeah. from a lot of choices that they made with costumes and settings and lighting and everything and then the others felt so like hollywood glamorous
1: bella looks so different so in twilight bella looks like the pasty teenager that is described in the book yeah i knew moon she's already wearing a bit more makeup and i'm pretty sure new moon is when kristen had her haircuts so she's wearing a wig but the wig's yeah. too styled like it's too styled it's not bella's hair anymore and like through the rest of them, so when she does that eventual transformation into a vampire, she
0: Not doesn't that look that different. different.
1: Yeah, and it's meant to be a huge difference, and it do- it just is Bella with different makeup on because yeah. they'd already made her too like glamorous, even though she wasn't that glamorous. But for Bella, it was glamorous. Like yeah. it was too much. So yeah, I'm interested to see how the rest of this book turns out and how it relates to the film because I do mostly remember the film. Yeah, same. I'm interested to know if anyone even wants to listen to us talk about it. <laughs> I'm hoping that at least one person listens. I'm hoping that we get funnier <laughs> we talk about in this first chapter.
0: No, but even like overall, I, I'm enjoying our little, you know, adventure back into Twilight and, yeah. you know, rediscovering um, YA books that we absolutely loved
1: a few years ago and that have been a huge part of our teenage years. What I'm interested in is actually seeing how, Bella and Edward's relationship pans out because from what I remember it was not great I meant when I first read it it was the most romantic thing ever and when I thought back about it a few years later I was like that was a really bad relationship so I'm wondering what it's actually like because looking back on it without even rereading it and thinking it's bad may just be from the small bits that weren't great like when he just stood in her room watching her but maybe there is other things in it that justify why I thought that that's what i'm interested to see like I'm, I'm really interested in character relationships throughout that i judged so harshly a couple of years after the books
0: yeah <laughs> So thank you to everyone who's listened
1: even if it's only one person
0: we really appreciate it
1: <laughs> a special thank you to basil for our cover artwork you can find him on instagram at pop doodles you can find us on instagram at breaking down undersold gore podcast our intro music is
0: by Kevin McLeod and our outro music by Silent Side. And remember guys, it's not the end, it's the beginning.
1: So, hello everyone! <laughs> 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 oh, this is going to be a nightmare.